0: Bye. <laughs>
1: Good evening everybody this is your host huge pop from the huge pop wrestling podcast i am so blessed tonight to have a man that's been in the business 20 plus years he's from cwf west texas they call him the lucha preacher shiloh hashtag mike watt how you doing my friend
0: man i'm doing so good glad to be here buddy glad to meet meet you and be a part of what you're doing
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule and um, coming on here and representing CWF, um, your guys' promotion. And I actually didn't realize there was two CWF Rockwell and CWF West Texas. So it's pretty cool that there's two different. Um,
0: yeah. Kind of yeah. Brand. So Is it a so red
1: band and, re- and blue band.
0: We're in the Wild West. Um, wild west. Literally, um, I had to leave a barn down a dirt road. Um, where I can't get any internet so I could run to the house, I could hop on and do this. um, and so uh we're we're the Wild West, bro.
1: Nice, nice. So in CWF Rockwall, they have uh, we do our interviews on Mondays, and then they have a Bible study. So is that how you guys do it down in um, West Texas?
0: Yeah, yeah. so uh, that's where I started. That's where I trained. um in fact, before I started this branch of CWF, i I got permission from rob and and he said, just do it right. Um, and so to to us, Mondays are almost as sacred as Sundays. Um, yeah. Sundays the Lord's day and Mondays, that's that's bump days, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But you yeah, know. we bump and then do Bible study. We do our training um, for our for this thing we love, this passion of wrestling, and then we go to the we 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 head down to my church, we head to my church and we do Bible study um, and work on being men men of valor better men than we walked in the place you know
1: that's that's awesome man that's awesome so um when did you as a kid start loving wrestling How
0: so as a kid um man i remember the hulkster was just up there with superman you know um in fact that's well we'll get to that later but but those two were like those were my heroes um the hulkster and superman um, and so i stayed away from kryptonite and i said my prayers and took my violins and i trained hard you know um yeah. and uh so as a as a little kid i was i was a big big holster fan then i kind of got away um and in 90 is like probably 95 96 um my little brother was like dude pro wrestling's cool again you should check it out and i was like what are you kidding me and uh we only had one tv in our little trailer house uh actually we had an one tv that i could use anyways and we were sharing it um and uh he had the wrestling on so i was like all right let's check this out and i uh, did i was pulled right back in it um all the way up to i mean the the monday night wars were huge in my life and uh um but yeah 96 95 96 when raw came to um when they when they started monday night raw on uh, usa that's when i was I had something to watch every Monday, you know?
1: Yeah, so what was your thoughts when Hogan comes down in Daytona Beach and was uh, like everyone's just saying he's the same macho man and all of a sudden he leg drops him and then it was NWO for dude,
0: him. Dude, I loved it. I was such a huge mark for Hogan, such a huge fan of uh, Hall and Nash that they could have had anybody come down and I would have been screaming for him. But Hogan's turn was epic. I mean, that was... I mean, Eric Bischoff's a storyteller and a half. That's what he did right there. Is is yeah. he got us? You know,
1: he did. He did for sure. So, in twenty years of wrestling, what has been the biggest change
0: within? Um, the- man, you mean wrestling wise? Or, yeah, res-
1: wrestling wise. Yeah.
0: Um, I will say there's a place for all the different shapes and sizes of wrestlers now. Um. There wasn't before it had to be the big man the six seven three hundred pound muscle heads you know um but uh i believe Bret hart and Shawn michaels did a good job of making room for us tna the uh, x division made uh made it made it super cool to be a smaller guy um not to mention wcw and those cruiserweights you know um and then even today you got kevin owens looking like me you know um it's it's okay to have a dad bod in wrestling right now, you know? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> so what would you be your Mount Rushmore about um
0: Mount Rushmore? okay, Mount Rushmore. I was thinking this was gonna come. I'm gonna start with uh, with Bret Hart because he made wrestling real to me. Um, I believed it, you know what I mean? like yeah, like absolutely. he sold so i I just believed it. Wrestling was real to me um because of the hitman um. I mean, his storylines, I could still tell those stories right now of him, him being just collapsing at the feet of diesel. You know what I mean? And then yeah. getting the roll up, you know, his, he made wrestling real. Um, it was then there was uh Hollywood Hogan. He oh. made wrestling cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. he, he made wrestling cool again. Um, and, uh, um, so I got to thank him for that. Um, I think Kurt angle made wrestling like art, um, in my head. Um, and, uh, and so he was just, he's just, he was just great, you know? Um, and, uh, what do you get? Four or five? I don't even remember. Four. Four? four? four. All right. I'm going to go ahead and, and name, uh, a NW, an old NWA champ, uh, Tim Storm, because sure. he made wrestling possible for me, um, in taking the time to train me, him and, and APOC, um, they, they made wrestling possible, but, uh, um, even to this day, those are, those are just good friends I can call right now. Um and it doesn't have to do with wrestling, it can be about life. But also, if I called them and was like, "Hey, I'm in a I'm in a pinch," they'd make it happen.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, it's good to have those kind of friends. And uh, yeah, I would just say this: I can tell you the friends I've made through CWF, you your wrestlers, and um, the what you guys do. I have such great friendships with um, Jeremy and all the guys I talk to, um, every one of them, you know, and you included. Um, and we. I hope I don't bother you, but i You might get us. Couple messages a week or every two weeks.
0: You're not going to bother me at all, buddy. You just send it, and I'll be praying. You, uh, you need someone to talk to. You got me.
1: Awesome, man. And that's what I, I appreciate you guys. And I, you know, I I talk about what's the importance of wrestlers listening to the legends in the back. And I ask that question because to me, they ought to be listening to you guys. Because, man, I listen to you guys, and I just take everything from whatever you guys say and it's important because you guys have some things i wouldn't even thought about as far as what in life you know so that question is how important is to to um to listen to apoc and all those guys that you mentioned
0: man i think uh just in general as men we need to remember we got two ears and one mouth you know um and sometimes that one mouth is too many um and so listening is vital um especially the guys who've been there and done that who uh or have just been around and see it. You know, they don't have to be a WrestleMania main eventer for them to, uh, to have my ear. Uh, if they've got something, something of of value to add, I want to, I want to, want to be able to add. Um, I think, uh, actually I can't remember who says it, but, uh, in talking about reading books, they talk about standing on the shoulders of giants. Um, and that's what we get to do when we listen to guys who've been doing it. You know, I've been doing it for golly 22 years now. And, uh, and I've done some things right and done some things wrong. And I'm I may be able to help somebody get better, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So no, <laughs> I have to tell you my uh my um Ralph Rushmore would be uh Hogan Sting, probably Sting number one. I love Sting.
0: I know you're a big Sting fan.
1: I am, I am. Um Macho Man, Randy Savage, can't do without him. And um, I'd probably go with uh probably Rick Flair, so
0: yeah.
1: just the way they've done, you know, real. When you said the real the word real. I think of the four horsemen how they made wrestling real. You know, it was Arn Anderson. Even he made wrestling real. You know, yeah. it's not like it is. Um, not like some of the stuff is today.
0: So that's yeah. Near- I, I was I was blind to all that. Again, I really didn't start watching until Raw came to USA. Okay. Um, I watched some before that, but mainly, if it wasn't on Monday Night Raw, I may I, I I missed it. You know.
1: Okay. So you mentioned Hulk Hogan as your hero and we could say we could save this question for last or later on but um i also know that you are a huge pop fan of superman
0: yes sir yeah this is the fortress of shiloh too yes sir
1: can you explain that
0: so growing up i was uh i was little i was picked on i was bullied and i always just wanted to be bulletproof i always just thought man how nice that would be for bullets and punches and wedgies and wet willies to bounce off of me um and so I always wanted to be superman but um but I knew I wasn't you know and that's where the holster came in cuz he took all of those beatings um and then kicked out and kept coming and slammed giants and you name it you know yeah yeah um, totally. and so, yeah. so
1: a certain person that um acquainted with CWF let me know that you are this big fan of uh, Superman. So I yeah, Superman and
0: I, we actually share a birthday. Most people Dude. don't know that, but Superman's no. birthday is February 28th, and so is mine.
1: There you go. You've well,
0: never that's... seen the two of us in the same room either, so... No, probably won't.
1: <laughs> there you go. There, <laughs> there's that. I'll take the time off to say, my sister's watching. Hi, Kim. How you doing? Give our family love. So so as a kid that was growing up, so when did you, where was the moment you said, man, I am going to be a wrestler?
0: i said that all the time as a kid um i remember thinking i mean on wcw the uh the uh, commercials for the uh i think it was called the power plant would come on and i wrote it down like every week i'd write it down or i'd or i'd have it memorized you know um and i'd be like dude i'm gonna do that um in fact when i went off to uh when i graduated high school i had saved up enough money to cover a year or three semesters of college, or I could go do the power plant thing. Um, and I, I prayed about it and just felt like God said, now wasn't the time. And so I, I did the college thing.
1: So how far along after college did you, uh, decide Yep. Yeah, I'm going get- to, so
0: I was, uh, the college things is a crazy route that happened to me as well. Um, I did, uh, I tried every, every possible <laughs> major, not every possible, but I pr- changed my major, I think six times. Um, and uh, I was good at things. Things came kind of easy, but they were hollow. Okay. And uh, I, I don't know how to explain it, except calling it hollow, you know, there were things I should enjoy, but they were hollow. And uh, I, uh, so anyways, I did a novel thing and I and I prayed about it. And so I yeah. God, what would you have me do? Right. Um, And i didn't hear a voice or see a sign but i just got the idea that i should spend my days for him and so that's what i did i i dropped what i was doing i said i won't i won't do trigonometry or math or coaching or whatever i was doing i'm going to get a bible degree um and that's what i did and and, uh so i put my wrestling aside for obedience And then I, yet again, and I put my, my whatever career aside for obedience, um, and my last semester in college, um, I went to a career thing for Christian ministries. Think of it as a career fair, um, for churches and camps and other things. And guess what was there? CWF. The CWF was there. I spent the whole time annoying those guys and bugging those guys, um, watching their footage, and just in awe, just trying to get the courage to ask, how can I do this, you know? Um, And it wasn't until the last day, it was a three-day event, last day I was like, all right, I got to ask. You got room for a little guy like me? And they were like, heck yeah, we've been waiting for you to ask. Um, And so I got Rob's contact, and I was dating a girl at the time, and she said, you got to do that. And I thought, man, I got to put a ring on her if she believes in me that much, you know? Right, right. Here we are.
1: That happened to be her. Did it? She turned out to be her. Um,
0: her That's wife. my wife. Yes, sir.
1: There you go. There you go. God had the plan. Um. Before I get into that, so you ended up training. Did you end up training with Rob at uh, yep. Rock, at CWF Rockwell? Then,
0: yes, sir. That's where I started out. Um. I was there for. Man, I'm trying to think. I think I was there for five years when I noticed a a kind of a gap in the ministry. And I, and I said, man, y'all need a pastor. Rob, what do you think about a pastor? And he said, yeah, it'll be you. And so I became CWF pastor at that point um, and took over kind of the spiritual duties of Bible study and training guys how to give testimony and share the gospel and those sorts of things. I did that for another, I think, five years before I moved out to West Texas. Um, out here, I was uh, doing kids ministry, working in a church, and I find weekends to get back to to Rockwall, um and it it boiled down to about man two maybe three weekends a year two three times a year i was able to do it um and i really felt like uh jesus he talks about the parable of the talents where the guy he buries the talent and then and then the master is mad because you just buried your talent you buried this good thing i gave you um and he takes that away and i didn't want this talent this ability to be a wrestler who shares their faith to be taken from me, and so I asked Rob to start CWF West Texas.
1: Awesome, man! That's a great. Story. Here we are. <laughs> so, um, how difficult was it training? Uh, training?
0: Training, yeah. man. I tell you what, it um, it takes a certain kind of individual to make it through. Some guys, man, they just they just get it, and they can abandon self-preservation and and bump correctly quickly and some guys it just it just takes longer um i was i was one of those fortunate ones that was like i'm just gonna do what the big guy tells me so he doesn't hurt me um and so (laughs) they said bump this way and i bumped that way um it it was honestly just me saying yes sir to uh, somebody i respected
1: (laughs) nice nice so how much time do you dedicate to the wrestling part and to the ministry um, of
0: the CWF. How much time do I dedicate to it per week, for month? Hey, what we... Per week, per week, man. Um, so we have uh, Monday trainings. That's uh, about two and a half hours, and then an hour, hour or so Bible study. So just call it three and a half hours there. Um, and that's our typical. That's our go-to. Um, if it's your uh, spiritual walk, that's church time, right? Um, okay. If you start, you get in the habit of missing that. you, you a whole lot of things are going to go wrong. Um, same thing for church. You get in the habit of missing church. The problem is, after a while, you don't miss it, right? <laughs> and so, the same with wrestling. Um, those Monday trainings are important. Here's the sad thing. Guys will call themselves professionals who don't train. Um, they went through training, but they're not on the regular in the ring. And uh, matches isn't the same as training. And so, think it's sad. Um, anyway, so we have a show. We don't wrestle nearly as often as the Rockwell crew. They've got, uh, they're in the Metroplex, so they've got A bunch of guys to pull from Um, all my guys are volunteers Um, they're guys that I've trained up right here good old boys from West Texas and uh, we're running about nine or ten total Um, and so so we can't wrestle every weekend or or even even sometimes we can't wrestle every month Uh, this year I think it boiled down to about every other month Uh, maybe a little less than that Um, but it's uh, it's whenever shows come up we're we're available and open, and until then, we just work on getting better.
1: Okay. So, would you say you have a close, real close friend in the business?
0: A r- real close friend in the business? Yeah. Yeah, I've got several close friends in the business, guys. Again, that that man, we're ride or die kind of friends, you know. Okay.
1: What about your favorite type of matches you've been in?
0: Favorite type of matches I've been in? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by just a regular one fall singles. Um I'm a, I'm a storyteller at heart and uh and if you can't tell a story in a one fall singles match you you're you're missing out buddy you know um but I like to then build to some sort of fun gimmick match at the end um I haven't been in too many but uh but I did have a very fun um no holds barred match uh false count anywhere with Buzzard last year um that was a it was a lot of fun
1: okay um who's your greatest influence if you had to name one of the who's your greatest influence in the um that you've been into the last 20 plus years
0: the greatest influence in wrestling um man i uh i'm gonna start with personal and i'm not gonna just hog the question and take a second one but but Tim Storm was a huge influence on my life. He was a friend first, um, and also helped me with training. He was a guy that uh, um, that cared about me, um, and again, I I could call him right now if, if wanted to, um, and uh, and that meant something because he was again NWA champ. There's there's yeah. some prestige to that, and he still had time for little old nobody me, you know. And uh, and then as far as work rate or who I wanted to be mistaken for or, or called on this level. I always wanted to be some sort of mix between uh Bret Hart and Eddie Guerrero. Okay. Um yeah. I just I wanted something solid and I wanted to look real and I and I like the flashy of Eddie Guerrero, you know? Yeah.
1: I will have to take the time to say this. Uh Charlie Haas was on our podcast last night and uh, yeah we were talking about wrestling and um we we're talking about independent promotions and i said that i covered cwf and his light eyes lit up and he said man it was that promotion i would call the best independent promotion in the business today wow something about being around for 20 plus years yeah and that's he said the, the facilities are prestige the the matches are solid the and that what comes after the matches is even better. He said, So I'd rank CWF as one of the top. So man, I hope that's a big I'm, praise, man. I hope people are listening because CWF, man, um, you guys are something else. So uh, thanks, man.
0: Yeah, that's so, high praise. I'll take it.
1: I uh I work for kit with kids all day long, and you know, we eat dinner together and they know that I do podcasts, and so they have some kid questions.
0: All right, hit me. What is your favorite food? Favorite food, tacos, easy. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? Ooh. Ooh, I'm going to say um, Waterboy. Okay. <laughs> <what it> <laughs> Throw you off? Yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: think I will let my kids watch that yet.
0: Okay. They're, they're uh, then uh, Rocky Balboa. There they you can go. watch that one. <laughs>
1: there you go. Pineapple belong on pizza?
0: Um, Not on mine. Okay, you're free to you're free to commit whatever sin you want over there, but it doesn't go on mine All
1: right,
0: favorite <laughs> snack favorite snack favorite snack. Uh, i'm a beef jerky guy, but it's so dang expensive Yes uh
1: favorite place to travel
0: Favorite place to travel easy man. I just got back from a mission trip to south africa um, and it was Awesome. Awesome. I loved it out there. Love the people um my my missionary friend he's in the sticks um okay. so it's not even like joe burke proper with wi-fi and stuff uh <laughs> and it was just awesome man it's my it's my favorite place dude you have a dog or cat uh we don't we have uh our animals have our, our kids have uh animal allergies okay. and so uh our animals are uh, a little bit different we have um prairie dogs so you know what that is yeah. um and we have coatties most people don't know what a coati is nope. it's uh it's basically a daytime raccoon okay. it's a skinny raccoon that doesn't sleep at night um and uh they're awesome um they're a little little wild still they're not quite tame enough but uh but we love them there are they're our favorites
1: okay did you ever get in trouble as a kid growing up?
0: Never. I was an angel.
1: There you go.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh. <I don't laughs> yeah, no, you know. I did. Um, uh, my dad, uh, he had a philosophy of, uh, of uh, you, uh, you get what you earn. And uh, sometimes I earned some some whoopings, and, and sometimes I earned some high fives. Okay. Favorite song? Favorite song? Easy. That's Garth Brooks' The River. You want to sing it with me? No. You know, a dream is like a river, My ever-changing airplane. as it flows, and a dream is just a vessel. I'll stop right there.
1: <laughs> Who sings that song?
0: Garth Brooks.
1: Oh, let's leave it like that, okay?
0: No, <laughs> that must follow where he goes, trying <laughs> to learn from what's behind him, never knowing what's in store. I'll stop. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a story behind that, that song. My wife was, uh, well, we were 10 years ago we were in college and she was doing a, a, a speech class and she um, had to do an introduction. So she had Garth Brooks, the river, and she played that as she was walking down the river. She's like, my life is like a river. And she <laughs> had an awesome speech. Matter of fact, it's so good that her speech instructor has used it years years upon years upon years to tell to share with the students that this is what it should be like. So
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: So, if you had to describe yourself in three words, what would they be?
0: Um, trying to follow Jesus.
1: Okay. Do you ever get... I mean, I, I... I'll just ask it. Do you ever get tired of just constantly working shows and doing what you do?
0: I... I did. There was a time when uh either the the ministry wasn't centered on jesus or when uh when i wasn't just doing cwf that uh that i wondered why why would i keep doing this um my uh my body is it's not too banged i've only had one one real injury everything else is just just hurts you know Uh, um but uh couple years back about i think it was i guess it had to be six years ago now um we finished a show it was in this nowhere town in west texas um probably i don't know 800 people strong in the town they all showed up okay um and uh we got done and uh we finished our shows with with a a gospel presentation that, that says listen Here's the bad news. People are sinners. Here's the good news. Jesus saves sinners. Would you like to turn to Jesus? And we had, golly, probably 60 people in this tiny town ended up heading to the back to talk to the youth minister to get follow up on. And I remember, man, I was hurting. I was beat up. I had probably wrestled twice in that show. And I was staring up at the sky. Um, just thinking, all right, God, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like I don't know how much longer I keep doing this, but that right. payday, it's worth it, you know. So yeah. I think I still stare up at the sky. I don't know how much longer I can keep doing this, but that payday is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the same with uh in the min- in the ministry of taking care of children, you know. Yeah, I get I get up every day, I walk up down his house. I I mean I'm 53 years old, so I got at least 10 more years, you know, and I'm like. How long can I keep on doing it? You know, you ask, you ask yourself that, you know, yeah. like day after day. But then that one kid comes up or that one phone call from a kid that you took care of years ago. Yeah. And you're like, yep, that's why I keep on doing it. You know, yep. so and then years become more years and become more years. And you finally, you know, you, you do this for however long. So yeah. what is your favorite part of wrestling with the CWF West Texas and with Rock, or, sorry, CWF Rockwell?
0: man it's it's the guys it's the back room uh i'm not i'm not gonna pretend to be some well traveled um well known pro wrestler i think i've got i think i know myself you know um do other people out there know me probably not um but these guys that i work with on the regular these guys that i see these guys that i help and i disciple and I helped them grow into men of God who love and follow Jesus. That's the best part, man. Um, in fact, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I could think I could endure. I, I don't know that my family would keep putting up with it, you know, <laughs> but, um, I've been in the ring as young or as old boys turned into men through this ministry. Uh, I've been in the Bible study where they turned from sins that they couldn't let go of. And, and I've been in been in those conversations one on one that uh, help save marriages and be a part of life change. And yeah, so that part I do. That part I love. That's the best part about it. Awesome.
1: So have you ever have you guys ever talked about an invasion angle between you, you guys and CWF Rockwell?
0: Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, and if I could ever get all of my guys on a free weekend, um, we would probably work that out. Um, it'd be real easy to be the heels down there, and it's fun. Um, it it'd be it'd be great. We uh, we try to have guys go down there as often as we can swing it. I think one of our guys will be uh, defending. We have the Tex division title. Um, it's not about no limits; it's about city limits. You have to live in Texas, <laughs> and uh, so uh, he'll be defending that title down there in Rockwall this uh, sometime next month or so. Uh, but, yeah, I would love to just hop on a tank and ride on down there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. So you're a Bible Club fan? Never heard of them.
1: Never heard of them. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll make sure Fitz knows that, all right?
0: You tell him. You tell him <laughs> I said I never heard of them.
1: <laughs> uh, we won't have to wait. We're, hey, Big Fitz, if you listen to this, man, this guy, you know, Shiloh says uh, he's never heard of you guys. So, Never maybe, heard of you, him. You might need to visit these guys down at West Texas.
0: Come on down. You know where I'm at.
1: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever faced any moral dilemmas or challenges related to your faith while participating in wrestling?
0: Moral dilemmas that challenge my faith while participating in wrestling—is that?
1: Yeah, like if you meet some fans that are just uh, off the chain, or uh, how do you handle those situations?
0: (laughs) All right, so. So we were in uh, Puerto Rico and, uh, it was, uh, I think we did two nights in one location and it was the, it was, we got in there because we had a church, uh, church there that, uh, um, the drug Lord liked the pastor. And so uh, the drug Lord was in charge of the community, literally letting us in and letting us out guys with Uzis, letting us in the community and letting us out. Um, and uh, we got to go in there and share share Jesus with people who needed real hope. And uh, um, now that that was the mission was was we're going to get to the gospel. We're going to share Jesus as I'm a heal. I got little kids flipping me off and it feels like a pretty dark place. Um, we roll that rolls right off our back and we just go be a good heal. Right. Um, right. Day two. We're in a big. I think we had an eight-man tag at the end, and I've got my friends, guys I've trained, and I've got my old friends from CWF Rockwell. We're all in the ring, um, and all of a sudden, I see some dude, some fan, who jumped the the little you know caution tape and was going to drop a leg on one of my buddies or something. And I didn't know who he was, and I didn't care. He was going to hurt my friends. And so I put him down, um, I yanked uh, yanked him out. And when I punched through him, he, uh, um, actually fell over the barrier and ran, um, and, uh, turned out he was, uh, um, some drug Lord's kid and was, uh, trying to pass some initiation and they thought it was hilarious. Um, so we got out of there, no problems.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Wow. So are there any Christian athletes, wrestlers, or role models you've, have a significant impact on your career or have an impact on them
0: yeah so here's the tough thing um wrestling and and just professional sports in general is a tough place to be a christian in so anybody who's naming jesus as their savior i gotta tip my hat to them right um i i just have to so sean michaels who turned from pills and sin to jesus man of course i'm gonna look up to him AJ Styles, who who loves Jesus and is following Jesus to this day, of course I'm going to tip my hat to him. Um, I was watching an interview this week of some pro football player. I don't know. He's in the NFL, and he talks about being a Christian, and I appreciated his stance. But then he kind of admitted the hard truth of being a professional wrestler or professional being in the NFL is he works on Sundays, uh, and because of all that travel. He doesn't have a regular church, and that's actually not scriptural. Um, they're they're living in living in that world and trying to be the best Jesus follower you can, but you're on your own, and sheep without a shepherd and sheep without a flock are defenseless. And uh, and that's to me that's the that's the catch twenty two. On one hand, I want to tip my hand. On the other hand, I want to say you you got to find a way to be obedient and be in a body because Jesus he died for the church. Um, and it's not, not these one-off individual Rambo Christians that he died for, but the church. And so we need to be in the church and it needs to be a regular church, not just a building with people that you say, sing, you know, make much of Jesus about, but people that know, and are in your life and are in your business, and can call you out on your crap. And, uh, and so that's the, that's the hard thing. That's the catch 22 on one hand. Like I said, I I, I respect them for Walking that line and putting their faith out there—that's going to cause them to walk a little straighter, I believe. Uh, but the other hand is, man, you, you can't you can't grow as a Christian without the church. You're 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 a part without a body, and that's not healthy. No, it's not, not at all.
1: You're right. I uh, like I said, I had a pleasure of meeting Chad Lyle, and um, he's um, introduced. Man, me I
0: follow him. that guy on the TikToks, and he's uh, yeah. he's everything seems real legit with him. There's another guy, I think, Elias has been baptized recently or something yeah. that, again, I, I, I get my hats off, and I get fired up about that. I just want them to grow in Christ, and that takes the proper environment, which is the church. That's what Jesus died, the place he, he intends for us to grow in.
1: Absolutely. Um, James Wiggins says, what's up, guys? How you doing? Thanks for joining the chat. Um, can you uh, share with us any specific Bible verse or teachings that inspire you during this time that you're in?
0: Uh man, my go-to is John three thirty. Um, John the Baptist is ending his ministry, and his his disciples are like, Hey, they're 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 making a big deal of this Jesus guy, and he says, Christ must increase and I must decrease. Um, and I believe that's a uh, should be the slogan of all of our lives is Christ must increase and I must decrease. Um also a big fan of Matthew seven thirty-three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added under you. And that's what I found when I got into wrestling, period. Um, I sought God first instead of going to the power plant. I sought God first instead of doing things I wanted. And, and he ended up making a way for me to get into pro wrestling.
1: Awesome. So that answers this question. Did your faith in Christ have any influence on your decision to become a wrestler? So-
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can tell you, um, me and my buddies, we, li- we I grew up in South Texas about 30 miles from South Padre Island. And so we were on the beach often. And uh, we also loved wrestling. And so guess what shallow waters and sand dunes become? Becomes a backyard wrestling ring for a bunch of knucklehead teenagers, right? Um, I remember getting, doing some fun stuff that me and my buddies were doing. And it wasn't real wrestling, but it was fun, you know? And I looked around and there was probably about 30 people looking at me. And I had the strange idea of, well, I've got their attention. Maybe I should share the gospel with them. And then my brother kicked me in the face or something. It it was a passing (laughs) thought, you know what I
1: mean? (laughs) Nice, nice, nice.
0: nice. So can you share the story
1: behind your in-ring name, Shiloh?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm not sure how far behind the curtain I'm supposed to peel, but I'm just going to speak freely, all right? Um,
1: I can say this before you, so maybe this helps you. I was told that that was the original gimmick you were given. Wasn't the original gimmick he? It wasn't the original gimmick you were given, right? So yeah. So
0: so the uh, I guess kind of the lineage of training I came through the the, that I still practice today when I train my guys is 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 your trainer gives you your first gimmick, Um, and so so this is it depends on the personality of your trainer. Sometimes like I try to give the guy, my guys something that I believe they can believe in. You know what I mean? Um, my, some of my trainers, they were a little more jokesters than that. Um, this was the uh, early two thousands and the Jonas brothers were big and we had a wrestler named Jonah and, uh, me and another guy were about his size and we finished training about the same time. So we became the Jonas brothers. Um, and uh, I absolutely hated it. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I wouldn't blame you. Okay. I'm yeah, gonna, uh, I hated it. Um, and so uh, I needed to. Uh, I needed it to be something I could believe in. And uh, we had a guy who was who was kind of leading things, the wrestling side of things at the time. Turns out he he didn't even follow Jesus. Um, he snuck in like a sheep among wolves, and was a he was a he was a Mormon and not really a Christian. And so anyways didn't know that at the time but i here's what i knew in the christian Wrestling federation you should be able to leverage anything for the gospel and so uh i started thinking about a name and uh one of the guys i lifted weights with in college uh was a good friend he was kind of a hero he was about three years older than me and and doing his masters and and we talk bible and we talk our faith and he was big and strong and kind of had a late 90s goatee that made him look like a lion you know and his name was Shiloh and I was like dude maybe I could be like Shiloh and that's where it started um, then I looked up the history of the name Shiloh and uh, and it and it it kind of works bro listen to this the place where the Israelites were supposed to go for God to hand out his blessings they were supposed to go to Shiloh for the blessings from God okay. um, but when they sent out the spies, they disobeyed god guess what was handed out at shiloh the wrath of god was handed out all right at shiloh all right uh, okay and so shiloh can go either way i can be a heel that hands out the the curses and the wrath or i can be handing out god's blessings i'm i'm happy i'm happy to help you know <laughs> uh,
1: yeah so where did the where did um the lucha preacher originate
0: uh, I started that when I started my men's podcast. Um, I do a men's cu- podcast called Reforming Manhood, and uh, I just needed a handle. Um, and I was just going to go with Shiloh, but it, it needed to be something more than Shiloh. It, the people who didn't know the wrestling would be like, you just changing your name or what's going on. And so Lucha is wrestling, Preacher is preaching. And uh, and so that that pretty well fits me. Um and so lucha preacher is where I started. I'm from South Texas, so luchas and and speaking Spanish is a is something that that I I wanted to give a nod to as well. So lucha preacher, that's that's where that came from.
1: Awesome. So it was also told to me that the moves you use are innovations that are of yours. You don't you 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 tweak the moves that you liked and then they make that you make them yours. Is that true?
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. So. Um, the way I see it is in a show of four or five matches, um, you need to stand out. And so, uh, and so what I'll do is I'll take a regular move and I'll add a, either a sit out to it, or I'll add a twist to it or a layout to it or something like that, that makes it my own. It makes the fans say, Oh, I wasn't expecting that, even though they were ha- expecting half of, or part of it. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, and so just a way to stand out just a little bit more. Um, and, and make what I'm doing matter as possibly in the mid card, some, some monotony could, could settle in. Um, just keeping, keeping, keeping eyes on, on the, on the story that I'm telling in there.
1: Okay. So can you share any personal stories of how your faith has provided you with the strength and guidance during a challenging moment in your 20 plus years?
0: Um, uh, personal stories about my faith. Um, Yeah, we were in a, uh, (laughs) we were in a Bible study and, uh, uh, it's just a regular CWF Bible study after, after training. And, uh, and I told you we had some, had some wolves sneak in, um, and, uh, they're wearing, wearing clothing. And, uh, at the time I was fairly young and, uh, and I knew what they were saying wasn't right. And I and I sat on it. I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to stir the pot. I didn't want to pick a fight. And so I just sat on it. And all week long I lived in regret. Like, man, I should have said something. I should have said something. I should have said something. So the next week, before we even before we even took a bump, I said, guys, I need to apologize to you. What was said is false here's book chapter verse and reason why and i'm not gonna stand for false um false gospel false teachings where i am and so if it bothers you that i'm gonna fight it let me know and you need to let me on out the door um i believe it was john calvin said a dog barks when his master is attacked i would be a coward if i saw the truth of god attacked and remained silent and so I will be the dog who barks.
1: Amen, brother. That's right. Um, can you share any memorable experience where your faith played a crucial role in a wrestling match um, or in an interaction with fellow wrestlers?
0: Um, yeah, so um, first thing that comes to mind is we ran a gimmick um, at a camp I did. I was the camp pastor um, for a youth kids camp. and. Uh, I also had three other guys who I had been training. They were they were there for the entirety of the camp. The end of the camp, we were going to do a wrestling show, um, and that's that was going to be the big hoorah at the end. And I just thought, man, I think we're missing it if we wait till the end. And so we put a 24-hour stipulation on the belt, and me and three or four guys swapped that belt back and forth um, probably three or four times, and then at the show. I think we had a total of like 22 title changes on that belt during that wow. show. Wow. Um, and then at the end, we just let them know that's your faith. It's on the line at all times. You have to defend your faith at all times. There's not a moment when you don't get to, when you don't, when you shouldn't be standing for your faith. Um, if you're, if you're following Jesus, suit up at all times. In fact, one of the title exchanges happens when the guy was sleeping. Um, the other guy snuck into his bunk and had a referee and counted with the ref. Real quick. It was hilarious. Um, uh, but nice, nice, at all nice. times we need to be on, on guard at all times. Nice.
1: Do you have any advice for young chill, young athletes who want to pursue their career in wrestling while staying true to their Christian faith?
0: Um, man, I'm, I'm probably partial to CWF. Um, but yeah, I'd get a hold of Rob, Rob Vaughn there in, in the Dallas, Fort Worth area. If you're in West Texas, come on out here. We will get you trained. Um, and, uh, I believe most men find out that that hour at the end of training is as crucial and valuable as, as the actual training. Um, now I will say as, as Charlie Haas attested, we put on good matches. Our trainings, no slouch. What we do is, uh, it's, it's a high quality, um, training you leave here we've had guys that uh came from OVW, and we're like wow this is actually this is better you know this is this is top-notch training and so that's the lineage we come from and so um if you're young you want to walk walk and follow after Jesus and you want you want to you want to dabble in wrestling come on we'll get you trained you'll have a good time you'll actually grow into be I've seen it, man. You'll become a man in that ring, um, and uh, and it won't happen in anybody else's ring. Awesome, man. Um, so I talked
1: to a bunch of wrestlers in independents and stuff. Now, how difficult do you feel it would be? Maybe you have experience going from CWF and how you guys run a show to an independent uh, show where it may not be a PG show how would you guys deal how do you guys deal with that um change here's, of change of pace
0: here's the truth of it um these secular independent shows they're at a disadvantage um we have the greatest story of all wrestling is storytelling we have redemption we have resurrection we have the greatest story um and so by that nature alone what we do is going to be better uh it's going to be better storytelling. And I'm not saying that in a prideful way. Um, I'm certain there's some great storytelling out there in independent wrestling, and uh, and I'm a big fan, and I support it. i I'll pay my ten bucks at the door in most places. Um, but I will say they're at a great disadvantage because because they just sometimes the concept of good and evil are foreign to them. You can't have a good story without a great bad guy. You can't have a great story without a good guy who overcomes, this evil bad guy, that's scripture. That's the Bible. Um, we have this great enemy in sin and Jesus defeats sin, death, and hell for us. We have the greatest story. And so again, how do I handle the, the lack of PG man? I, I don't expect lost people to act like Christians. Um, and that goes for their language. I, I expect them to use foul words and cuss. Um, and, and I expect explicit because why wouldn't they um there's no governor um and the governors they have don't make any sense um sure be good and moral but what is good and moral without god there is no good there is no moral and there's not a good story out there
1: right and um, i do i will pay i pay respect for i think was big fits and i think luke nine talked touched on it a little bit that uh and maybe J- jeremy might have t- touched on it when they do secular shows, because they have, I guess they a couple of those guys go uh, other places, independence, and um, yep. their story is, when we go to these shows, we tell them this is what we're going to do. We even wear the Bible Club shirt because that's what we're going to do. We're not going to waver. So it's either yeah, you want us to not to show, yeah. or you oh you don't, and but let me tell you, we're not wavering, and that's that's honorable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It has to be honorable to CWI, most honorable to God, because yeah. they're not willing to waver at all. Yeah. Because they know what's right. So but I wanted to ask that question.
0: Yeah, it's not uh my faith isn't something like a t-shirt I can take off and on, like a promo promotion t shirt, right? Um I don't just wear Christ when I'm at CWF. I, I wear him at all times and 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 I have to go and represent him there. Um and that's what I've seen in those guys, man. Um Fitz and Johnny Lawless, Tim Storm, Apoc is, is trying to walk out their faith, maybe not perfectly, um, but honorably right genuinely yeah. trying um and uh, and there's there's points for for effort you know
1: yeah so there was a story i heard but i didn't i didn't hear the story that i was told to ask you though there's an amazing story on how you and your wife ended up with four boys
0: um right. yeah so again these guys are guys that we uh we don't just wrestle and talk wrestling with um but we spend time in prayer we spend time um considering one another holding each other accountable and uh we uh that's that was a big part of it um i was able to uh, to open up to my close friends and say man i need i need prayer for this we've been trying and it's not been happening and uh and 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 these guys just again were so encouraging and uh helpful through those hurts that happen, you know um sure and uh, and things that are like, out of out of our control right um and and here we are, i'd say sixteen years later, I got twin sixteen year olds um i got a fourteen year old and a twelve year old so four boys God is good he answers prayer
1: yes he is God is good. Can you talk about your time spent in Nigeria, Mexico, and Egypt on your early mission trips with c w f
0: yeah so um Nigeria was amazing um that that trip set the bar for what a mission trip should be. Um, we did a combination of work and meeting people and flyering and um street evangelism and then and wrestling. We did we did all of those things at this one one show and or one one mission trip. Um it was uh the Muslim country, but we saw man, I, I want to say a thousand people. Um Turn from that and when I say turn from it like it's Literally turn from it. Um, I was standing in the ring at the end of a show and I looked out And I saw a little a little girl in the muslim garb, you know, and it turns out I, I found out later, but uh princess In uh, aramaic is the word amira and so i've called her Amira for all these years I don't know her real name, but I, she just looked like a little muslim princess man, um And uh, she had come Forward At the end meaning She was going to denounce Islam and turn to Jesus And I looked at The translator and I said man How cool is that And he said do not worry for her my friend I was like worry for her She has Jesus now said, I'm going to see her in eternity Why would I worry right. And he said because her parents will, throw, will beat her and throw her away With the garbage tonight But do not worry My orphanage will be there for her. Look, they're getting her information now so we can swoop her up and be there for her and raise her up in Christ. That's what it cost her to follow Jesus. Yeah, Yeah. some people in America, we struggle to get up and go to church on a Sunday. This girl, it cost her her whole family. Um, So that was was Nigeria. Um, In Egypt, again, it's a Muslim country. Um, I wasn't slated to preach in Egypt, I was trying to pass the ball and do train people to do the, the, the preaching at the end, crazy set of circumstances happened. Somebody got hurt and I'm up. Right. Um, and so, uh, so I got to share the gospel again, man is sinful. Jesus saves, um, repent and believe the gospel turn from your ways and turn to him. And, uh, in Egypt, you actually cannot uh, proselytize you cannot share the gospel with a muslim okay. it's illegal punishable by jail time in egypt when you're born you get a little id card and that id card has an m for muslim or it has a c and c stands for christian but it just means not muslim does that make sense yeah okay so all the people in this festival had a c card but they were not christians uh, and so this was an opportunity for us to share the gospel with people who thought they were Christians. Um, and, uh, and anybody who was there, um, here's the crazy thing I heard from one guy and I can still kind of see his face. Um, at the end, he was a security guard. He was only there for work. He was a Muslim, had an M.I.D. card. And he, at the end of the show, uh, my preaching time, he said, i met your Jesus today. I follow your Jesus starting now. Um, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. man, that's the kind of stuff i got to be a part of, um, wow. Wow. in the Navajo nation. Um, we preached there and this little church had a church of eight people total. And, uh, he had never seen the harvest. We had, I think 22 people turned to Christ in this dark, dark place on the Navajo nation in Tohatchee, New Mexico. And, uh, this pastor looked at me and said, what do I do? And I said, shepherd, that's your flock. Grow them and he was shocked and then was like, okay, and stepped right into the role and knew what to do, you know. Um yeah, so that's that's just some of the good good stuff I got to be a part of over these years.
1: Um talk about uh, this was brought up by JT. Also, he was he didn't get to go to this uh, one, but um but Puerto Rico, how and how
0: yeah, so Puerto how... Rico that was uh that was a joint venture. My church had uh, some missionaries there and uh, they knew wrestling would be big. Um, we fa- we made a contact with uh, the legend Vikingo, and uh, he actually, had, I think his son is wrestling now, and I think all kinds of places AEW, NXT, uh, Ijo, the, the Vikingo, or son of Vikingo, uh, does all kinds of crazy flips. Anyways, um, he was our contact there. He, he rented us the ring and then. Uh, man, we just went, we just went, uh, in, uh, neighborhoods, the neighborhoods, basically every neighborhood had a basketball court that had a cover on it because of the rain. And so we just set up time to do wrestling shows there. Um, I told you about the the drug Lord neighborhood we wrestled in. That was yeah. super sketch. Um, but God got us in and out. No problem.
1: Amen. So we got about four minutes. Um, I'd like you to close with your testimony and, um, let everybody know where they can see uh cwf uh west texas uh could be i close with the testimony if you would
0: okay um so i was just a just a regular regular old kid um who lived for the moment lived for the next fun thing i could be a part of and uh the fun thing that i was going to do next was throw some eggs in some mailboxes and uh got those eggs and was headed out to the mailboxes well the mailboxes in the trailer park i grew up in they were all lined along this fence behind the fence was a big open field and uh um in that field at the time there was uh they were they were doing some tent revival um some outdoor church thing all i knew is they were grown-ups and i didn't want to get caught with eggs so i sat on the fence and waited for them to leave they came over and said y'all come sit with us Okay, we'll come sit when they clapped. I clapped when they stood I stood when they sang I sang. when they were quiet I was quiet. I was just trying to get them Out of my way so I could go back to my life of doing fun things, right? um Well that church when when the service was over they said hey Why don't y'all let us pick you up for church? And I was like, well, we can't my dad's a coach and we sleep late. They said don't worry We won't wake your parents. We'll just we'll just come get y'all um and so, uh there I was, happy in my sin, happy living my life, um, happy being a friend of the world. And Jesus interrupted my life with his people who just kept loving me. They were so loving and so kind. And and man, they came and they picked me up and they fed us after church. And um, they met my parents and involved us in church. And, and through that, man, I learned the truth. Um, the truth is that, that, yeah, I I had a problem and it was called sin. And uh, and Jesus is the only thing that can fix a sin problem. And he did that by dying on a cross. On that cross, he takes our sin and simultaneously gives us his perfection so we can be made right and righteous before God. Um, it's the only way to be made right with God. Um, without that, we die in our sins. And when we if we die in our sins, we pay for our sins. And because God is holy and eternal, we will pay a holy and eternal punishment. And so I knew I didn't want that. And I want to take Jesus up on his deal. And so that's what I did um, there in that little Baptist church in McAllen, Texas. I turned from my sin and I turned to Jesus. And I haven't, I wish I could say I've been following him headstrong, perfectly ever since. But I've had my ups and my downs, I've hit my head, I've fallen down, and I just try to keep getting up, loving, and following Jesus the rest of my life.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you so
0: much for that. Um,
1: I'm going to ask you something, and then um, after you finish, I will stay in the lobby. Don't go anywhere. I'll play the closing. I'll talk to you. I, um, my story is I'm going through some stuff. My wife, uh, my mother, um, was. we were told two months ago that she has six to eight months to live. Mm-hmm. um uh since then we made a trip up to see mom and uh we spent some time with her four days in september i just got a phone call today uh well i talked to my mom yesterday she seemed not my mom if that makes sense um and um so i called my dad sent me a text and he said um, mom's giving up and um you know mm-hmm. she's just tired and hurt and you know she has cancer yeah caught cancer 10 years ago and the doctor said that she only had four years, but she made it 12, you know. So she's fought. Yeah. Um, my son called me today. He went up to see grandma. He's in Michigan. I'm not. He comes, he says, Dad, it's not good. So I just ask if I was I, I want to ask you, could you pray for my family?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll pray right now. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for uh for big pop, for a huge pop for uh, his family, for his love, for, for his mom. I pray God that uh, uh, first and foremost that she would know You, um, that she would know um, better than what we have now that uh, that this isn't our best life, Lord. But there's a better life beyond. Um, And so I pray for her now, God. Um, I pray for the family as they uh, get ready for uh, for what You're doing. Um, I pray for uh, pray for healing. Um, I pray for their hearts and for um, for You to be glorified in this this hard hard life that we live we love you jesus amen amen
1: thank you guys for watching huge pop wrestling podcast shiloh was our guest thank you shiloh for um being part of the huge pop wrestling podcast cwf wrestling for purpose show i love you guys um i'll see you in the lobby shiloh
0: all my dogs make some noise up in this house Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know
1: what's going down and when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the grind Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your head is knocked out who is in the house, who is in the house It's the gangster of destruction so you know what's going down And when the drive by's coming then you better hit the grind when your body hits the canvas then your ass is high Fight with Adrian Whisper, it's like a fight with the devil Because when he's dealing with you you cannot get on this level a Fight with Adrian Whisper, is like a fight with a king It's like a fight with an army, they got the tanks and everything He's leaving, leaving roses and stitches, possibly leaving your crippled Cause when he sets up the table and sends you straight through the middle takes a district free, beat down ass with a light bulb, leave a piece of glass embedded in the back of your skull. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction so you know it's going down and when the dry fire's coming then you better hit the ground cause when your body hits the canvas then your ass is knocked out. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction so you know it's going down and when the dry
0: fire's coming then you better hit the ground